The views expressed in the opinions given by the individual host and her guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Trim Radio Network or our sponsors. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, around the nation, around the world. And no, this is not kindness. This is not kindness beyond the veil or (laughs) coast to coast AM. This is instead the great supernatural realm on WTRMRadio.com. And we are the Trim Radio Network. You can find our archives on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere else, uh, great shows can be found. Also, on our uh, app available on Google Play. Well, tonight we got a very special guest, and uh, Chippy, take it away. <laughs> All right, brother Timmy, great to be here with you today, and uh, you know we're going to have a lot of inappropriate laughter today because <laughs> we're talking trauma and uh, meditation, and you know some. Some some rather abrasive and relaxing things, but we're going to have fun regardless because I think we all deserve a little fun, right? Uh, and our delightful guest has joined us today. You know, we're very excited to have with us the great Lisa Erickson <laughs> in the room with us. And uh, Lisa, as an energy worker specializing in women's energetics, sexual trauma healing, chakra manifestation, and Kundalini Awakening. She's the author of uh, the huge book, Chakra Empowerment for Women and the Art of Science of Meditation, both published by Llewellyn Worldwide. Yeah, how about that? And she helps individuals through major life transits with trauma healing using a variety of energy modalities. She's really fascinating and uh, you know, if you want to check more out while you're watching or listening with us, you can uh, go to the site enlightenedenergetics.com uh, or you can check out her book on Amazon. Just look uh, Chakra Empower- Empowerment for Women. You'll find it, you know, so you can kind of uh, join in with us as we marvel at some of her excellent work and She's really made an impact on a lot of people, and that uh, that to us is a very special thing because we love to see that happening. Uh, you just don't get us started about, <laughs> yeah, you know, the the standard worlds of medicine and mental health. You know, we we uh, re- really rely on on people like Lisa here. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other show that too. are changing the world. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but Timmy, I'm going to turn it to you first, my friend. Yeah, Lisa, it's great to have you here. Yeah. So how how do you get? Thank you, thank you, Chip. I think I need to hire you to do all my introductions. (laughs) I appreciate your enthusiasm and praise there. Yeah. 
thank both of you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> How did you get started in this uh, field of, of uh, psychic and and uh, yeah. mindfulness meditation? Yeah. You know, it was a gradual process over 30 years. Um, I originally, I went to my first meditation class. It was 35, almost 32 years ago, I guess, 33 years ago in college, actually. Yoga and meditation weren't that popular then. I went to a school out in New York, actually. But uh, it did have a yoga class with meditation, and it sort of stuck with me. And it was a few years later when I was out of school. I was working in New York City, was having a lot of headaches and stomach aches. The doctor is telling me it's stress-based. And someone else recommended, oh, why don't you try meditation? Still pretty new. And I remembered it from a couple years before. So I went into the class and I really loved it. At first, the kind of meditation that I was practicing was chakra or energy center meditation. Mm -hmm. It was a kundalini, a form of moving the, the kundalini energy through. Maybe we'll talk more about that later. Sure. And so originally it was kind of for stress management and eventually it became more of a spiritual journey. From there, when I started working with people later on in my career, I left a tech career and, and migrated over, over time into energy healing and energy work. I started learning more about mindfulness and Buddhism and some other forms. So I was kind of trained in a few different forms of meditation, both in terms of what I use and what I teach. Do you think that a lot of people now, especially that we're in this COVID pandemic or coming out of this COVID pandemic, that people are looking for um, meditation or chakra healing? Yeah, I think some people turn to it during the lockdown, right? right. Because uh, they have time on their hands for the first time. Some people did, right? And now that we're coming out of it, we're realizing that we're really just starting to get a handle on how it's impacted people long-term. You know, there's been a lot of loss. And then even for people who didn't lose someone, they lost something. They lost vacations. They lost money. They lost time. They lost, you know, family holidays. I mean, everybody had something that they didn't get to experience that they had to give up. There's a lot of grief around that. And then there's just anxiety moving back out into the world. Perhaps it's a shock for other people that were more introverted. It was actually kind of a relief. Like I work with a lot of empaths. Some people may actually have felt like it was kind of a relief being in lockdown. And now there's anxiety going back out, right? So there's, there's a lot of different variations on it. It's hard to know who to trust. The world got even more polarized on a lot of different issues while we were in lockdown, right? So I think... Um, it's going to take time for all this stuff to sort out, but yeah. what everyone can benefit from is tools right. for managing their stress, quieting their emotions and their mind as we do so for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. As an empath myself, I, I embraced the lockdown, you know, chip, chip was like, welcome to my world. You know, that, that's something that uh, I, I embraced because I like being by myself. You know, I like being, being on radio. I like talking to other people, like-minded people. I don't, I don't like to be out in the public because there's too much, uh, bad energy out there. So I, 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 I yeah, be... I think I felt the same way. I was already doing a lot of my work by phone and online. And, uh, but I do have three teenagers. So having them locked down two men, I wasn't out as much. Right. But now I have to be out in the world a lot for their sake. I think just for myself, I'd probably just stay in my little, <laughs> my little good energy space. Right. But that's, that's what a lot of us are, are uh, dealing with now is this reintegration. You know, we talk about we bring astronauts back from the room, the moon, right? There's like this decompression phase and reintegration phase. I feel like it's like that. It's like this. We all need this phase of decompression, reintegration. And depending on your nature, that can be smooth or it can be very difficult. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been suffering from like, you know, as you said, they, people, a lot of people are suffering from depression and stuff, too, as this was going mm -hmm. on. 
Yeah, for people who are more social or who were more extroverted, it was really hard to be in lockdown, right? Mm -hmm. Their whole sense of, you know, they're extroverts. I mean, that's the definition of an extrovert. They actually derive energy from being around other people, right? And so for, for a lot of extroverts, this was very difficult to be separated, very isolating. If you live alone, uh, you may have really felt even more isolated and separated. So then people did slide into depression, a lot more screen time than usual, disruptions of sleep because of that. Like there's just a lot of variations on it for sure. Mm. I guess uh, you, you've you been pretty busy because, you know, through the pandemic because people have been suffering from anxiety and depression. Yeah, I actually, it was a really busy year as it was for most people who work in counseling or anything like that. And because I already worked by phone and, and Zoom and things, it was actually probably my busiest year ever in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to slow things down right now, right, <laughs> to a more manageable pace. You know, and, and it was moving to hear, I think, what everyone was going through. I think the other thing we, that came up was because some people had more time on their hands, some people started processing trauma that they'd never faced, that in mm-hmm. fact didn't necessarily have to do with the pandemic, but maybe the anxiety of the pandemic brought it up, or maybe just the fact that they were home alone and the usual distractions were not available. If they were using the world to kind of self-medicate, they couldn't do that anymore. So it's been interesting to see how it impacts everybody differently. I know Chip, you know, Chip was off the radio for like nine months. And I think I was calling him every day to come back to radio. And uh, he was, he, they were sick. They had COVID. And uh, yeah, they, he was going through a rough time the, the last nine months because of it. Last, oh, I'm sorry last to year. hear that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got the COVID, you know, so. Oh, gosh. Uh, my wife and I both. So. Yeah, a very interesting little juncture there. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I'd, uh, before Timmy goes back to his questions, I got one of my weird ones. I got to ask at least one weird please question. Do, please do, please. <laughs> um, you know, we really don't get political here. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to dance around this question without getting political, if possible. Because, you know, sometimes my wife and I, we like to watch period pieces because, you know, this day and age has become so stressful that if you look back at how things were in 1819, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he had a, a, a series of different problems then. And and part of those period pieces were about the suffragette movement. And we enjoyed watching the suffragette movement. I, I bring that up because you uh, specialize with women in your work. And having never been a woman before, I feel unqualified to ask certain questions. But my Are you weird sure about question. That? Are you really sure about that, Jim? Well, I, in a past life, I was. Okay. You know, so. and, and <laughs> my wife was a man. And, and so, you know, so we embraced the divine masculine and then the divine feminine, feminine within one another. But I guess my weird question is. Um, there's the with, uh, the Me Too movement was at first a very refreshing thing to see because there was never really in your face just how bad it was to be a woman just walking around in everyday life, you know, getting hit on in all sorts of different ways or, you know, um, harassed, you know, or abused. Uh, and And there was always a code. There was always a code. So when it first started, I was kind of champion this whole thing. But when they get 
to the point where they overshave. <laughs> if you understand what I mean, I guess cancel culture or whatever you want to call it, you know, they're because the equations now are so different on, on either side of the aisle, it's almost taken something good and ruined it because it, it, <clears throat> it overdoes it. It overdoes it. Or it, it's not, well, good for you for finally admitting it. It's how dare you for, you know, waiting this long, <laughs> you know? So how, how, are, how are we going to redeem this whole thing if uh, we, we never let the people who finally come forward get out of that shame thing, if you understand what I mean. I, uh, to me, I get up to, look, I talk about embracing the divine feminine. One of my favorite movies of all time is Pride and Prejudice, uh, because it really defined the stature of women in, uh, what was it, about 1917 or 1879 England, you know, and, and uh, it kind of defined how life was for them and they just rolled with it you know stiff upper lip and all of that um but 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 now it's a little too i don't know to me in your face or out there and it doesn't seem to be because they're over shaming now it it's hard to rectify something uh unless you find a balance of shaming if that makes any sense does that make sense to you at all that's it does. And I think what you, that what you just said, the balance is exactly right. The balance was like this. And then in some cases or in some quarters, there's an overcorrection. So it's like this. Right. And that's where that comes from. The venting of the rage coming out into shaming until we get back to this. And that, you know, the nature of change is like that, whether it's in yourself or in, uh, in, in, in a culture or collective change like that, right? When something comes to light, like sometimes I'll be working with someone who has anger issues, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're angry. So we're getting to the root of why did you develop this anger pattern? Okay, it's actually like you're hurt, you're threatened. So you develop this pattern of whenever someone hurts your feelings in any way, you lash out. So you're always angry. Or you feel like you need to control everything to feel safe. So whenever you something changes, you lash out, you get angry, right? So then if someone starts to realize that as that's coming to the surface, they overcorrect. They start becoming sometimes maybe too passive. They don't speak up, right? And so then they find their balance, right? No, sometimes you have to own your voice. You have to draw a line in the sand. Anger has a purpose, right? So that it's the same thing here. It's the same thing here, whether it's personal change or collective change. When something first comes to light, there's this huge reaction around it. There's a lot of emotional venting. Then sometimes there's an overcorrection. And I think we'll find our way back. You know, there were a lot of innocent victims of the patriarchy. Now, unfortunately, there is a lot of innocent victims, perhaps, of the overcorrection to patriarchy. And eventually it will swing back to the middle. So you just we just have to try to keep uh, keep the line, those of us that are in a balanced place around it or working to keep a balanced place around it, you know, holding that line, holding that consciousness of divine feminine and divine masculine and hoping that in the long term. Hold on, guys. Gotta reload the studio. Gotta reload the studio, guys. Hold on one second. I like to compliment people. I think that it's important, especially if it comes from the heart. You know, it's not for some manipulative purpose. It's just for the sake of giving a compliment, you know, of being nice. People are saying, well, if something looks wrong, you should bring it up. And I think the opposite is true. If something looks right, you should bring it up. 
So to compliment somebody, um, let's say if I were to compliment a young woman on how she looks today, uh, yeah. in some circles that is now considered sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm not a creepy old man. I always preface it by saying, you know, my wife would think the same that I do. You Boy, you know, you look really nice in that outfit. You know, I hope your day goes well. Uh, and and now in some circles that's considered sexual harassment. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, you know, if she objects to it, then I think it's okay for me to object to it. You know, just the art of a simple compliment now has become yeah. very complicated. And I want to ask you about that. It absolutely has. And I think it's like we're trying to come up with rules that are easy for people to follow, to try to, to make a change that in fact isn't about rules. It's like a change in consciousness, right? So no, there's a way to deliver a compliment about someone's appearance that is just totally pure and complimentary, right? But there's a lot of people that can't do it and it, it has a leer behind it. So we just make the rule, do not comment on anyone's appearance. Uh, you know, in a way it's like in a corporate environment, what choice do you have? Because you don't have, they don't have the ability to say, well, this person didn't really mean it that way and this person did. So they just have to make that rule. So in a way I get it because otherwise, how do you sort it out? Like the difference between your consciousness when you do that and another guy's consciousness when he does that, right? So that's, I mean, again, it's to me, it's part of that overcorrection. It's, it's a necessary sort of step. It is not the end game. It is not the end game. It's a necessary step. That's sort of how I view it, right? Lisa, you, you talk yeah. about um, energy modalities to uh, help, help with trauma and healing. Um, what are some of those energy mo modalities that uh, was talked about in your intro? Oh, well, first, I want to say thank you to Chip for asking that question, because I think this is how we got to hash this stuff out, right? Uh, anyway, uh, say that again. How, what kind of energy modalities? Yeah. Is that, or which ones? Yeah. yeah. Well, I work with uh, mostly with the chakras. That's my energy modality of choice. And the kind of work I do, I do both distance healing, like where I'm directing energy in, but mostly... I help guide people with working with their own chakras and energy bodies. So those are techniques and sequences of focusing on different energies that they can do on their own. Because to me, that's the real gift is empowering someone, right? To connect to their own energy body. And our energy body is where things are stored. It's where these patterns are stored. It's where hurt is stored. It's where emotional wounds are stored. So when you work, on the energy body level, it's kind of you're going directly to where things are stored. You're not just talking about the stories, which can be helpful of what happened to you. You're getting to like where whatever that left you with is stored, right? So then you can release it and move forward and maybe rewrite it in some cases, like the anger example I gave, you can rewrite your anger pattern to be something else, right? Um, so that's why I love working. I love working with with energy body and teaching people to do it because to me, you're getting right to the source of the issue in a way. Go ahead, Chip. Take over with your question. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking which favorite chakra. Do you have a personal favorite chakra? That's uh, kind of a. Up. I love all of them. So it depends on the day, but I mean, I work a lot. <laughs> Depends on the day. But in general, like I work a lot with the second chakra for both men and women because 
This is linked to the womb center for women. It's linked to the reproductive organs for both men and women. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with sexual energy. It has a lot to do with yin and yang and feminine and masculine, all the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. So to me, this is like where a lot of the collective, it's where shame is held, right? Sure. So it's like, and, this is and, what we're intuition to too, sometimes, right? Yes, and, exactly. And, and so we're trying to clear a lot of dysfunction around this chakra for everyone right now. Yeah. Like that's part of what this phase of history is about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do work a lot with that one. And everyone always wants to work with like the heart and the third eye. And of course, I love those chakras, but. But uh, the work is sacral. where the sacral is. Yeah, the sacral is where the work is. Yeah. But that's an excellent answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah. See, I do, I, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. I do. Uh, I specialize mm-hmm. in past life regression hypnotherapy because mm-hmm. you don't have to believe in past lives to have uh, benefit from that. But it's very yeah. similar to doing sacral work. Yes. Uh, because they, they, there's a survive. It's very near the base in the survival area. So there's still some reptilian, some primal uh, mm-hmm. stuff going on in there. But it's mm-hmm. kind of a slightly grown up version of that base, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you, yeah. And if you have trauma, a lot of times, you know, anything that was dangerous or made you feel unsafe gets stored in those lower two chakras. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's like sitting there is this unconscious thing, you know, that you, you're not aware is causing fear or anxiety in you. Do, do you think that, that because it seems to me and I, I love to be wrong. OK, <laughs> but it seems to me that uh, once you get into the sacral chakra talk, that's where people, the eyes roll and, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they stand back a little bit. You know what you were talking about, the heart and the throat and the, the crown and the third eye and, you know, all those delightful ones. Uh, but the, the real work is done in, in the in the in the base too, the base in the sacral. So um, do you see because I, I it's just a sense I get once we start talking about that second chakra, I'll just refer to it as the second um, the defenses come up, you know, <laughs> the guard goes on, you know, people, people delight in talking about the throat or the heart. But once you talk about that sacral, they go, ah, is that my imagination? Or No, I mean, I think it speaks exactly to everything we're talking about earlier too. It's like, we have so much discomfort around the topics associated with this, with this chakra, you know, with sexuality and gender and even emotion, it's linked to emotions, right? And we just, mm-hmm. it's it, it, so we have a lot of discomfort around it. And so it's like, people don't want to go there, you know, they don't want to go there. And it's more, but it's actually where so much of the, the work needs to happen, you know? Yeah. yeah, I got a question on behalf of my friend Tammy here. Um, okay. And then he'll he'll take it over because I think he needs to ask these questions because I love my brother Timmy here. Um, because he's such an empath and he was mentioning earlier how, you know, it's hard to, to go places because you feel everybody's energy. I mean, he's so good at it. I want to talk to him about that actually, but yeah, go ahead with Tammy's question. Yeah. Cause I think, (laughs) I think maybe, maybe it's a sacral thing because, uh, we're trying to find ways for him to, to block that, uh, that level of empathy. You know, because he just wears it naturally. It comes naturally to him. But it's so strong that uh, sometimes it becomes hard to to control. I, you know, me too. But it's easier to point it to me. 
and it is me. And I'm going to mute now because I would love to hear uh -huh. your answer. Well, I could talk a little bit about that if you want, Tim, sure. uh, my approach to boundaries and things like that. Or do you have other questions you want to do first? I'm, no, I'm that, open to whatever that, order you want to go. Yeah, that's fine because I, I have trouble balancing energy. Someone hits me with negative energy, mm -hmm. I, I get, you know, I, I get negative and I got to learn how to balance it. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be perfect. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. I, I, I love Cindy Dale's uh, categorization. I don't know if you've ever had her on the show, right? Mm -hmm. I trained with her for a while. You know, she talks about different types of intuitives, kinesthetic, empathic, which are more emotional, and then clairsentient, which is more thought form, right? Mm -hmm. So some of us, we get hit with negative energy, we get a stomach ache, we get a headache. Oh, yeah. Others of us, we like put on that emotion as if it's our own, right? And mental would be more like certain thought forms or uh, stories start coming to you that are based on the energy you picked up from someone else. So it sounds like you get hit really hard emotionally. You know, you, that's that true emotional empath piece. I think with all of them, uh, navel chakra and really tapping into the fire element of the navel chakra is one of the first things I always try to help people do. And really this sense of like just being able to burn off that energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like the integrity of your own energy body and just burn it off. And then I really work with the root and the navel as the heart of being able to create what I call a second skin. Like you can just get this second skin that is almost coating you. <laughs> that means you can still sense what other people's feel, but you don't allow it to come in. And that's really the art of it is, is creating this new default where you still sense it, but you don't take it in. And we just don't learn that. We don't learn it growing up. And if you're a really natural empath, it can take a long time to, develop that but i do feel like most people can eventually develop mm -hmm. that ability to still sense emotions without absorbing them yeah i i I've always had that problem you know when i was a when i was a kid in, in primary school and uh, my dad used to tell me i was too sensitive i'm like what are you talking right. about you know I, I never knew even about empaths or psychic abilities growing up so i thought that was normal yeah. for me to sense other people's energies or sense spirit around me I thought everybody did it. Right. So and that's what happens to so many natural intuitives, right? Mm -hmm. We just don't have that background growing up to understand. And I think for little boys in particular, that too sensitive label is just always is so often put put on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's been hard, you know, growing up. And even now when I go like stores are like Walmart and stuff, especially around holidays, because it really gets I really get overwhelmed yeah. with energies. Yeah. Have you experimented with like the root and navel and really like low in those lower chakras, really anchoring and burning it off? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was also that that macho thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. because we're, we're talking back in the day. I mean, when you first uh, started paying attention to yoga and meditation, you couldn't talk about it out loud. You right. mentioned it yourself. <laughs> you know, we're talking to dead people and ghosts and, you know, extraterrestrials and psychics and all this stuff. And, and it took years it, it, until the, really the 21st century. You couldn't talk about that That's stuff true. out loud. But there's also, you know, because especially with Timmy, it was ingrained in him from his dad, the macho thing. You know, mm -hmm. my, my father was never, uh, you know, especially into the, the you know, the big boys don't cry and, you know, the stiff upper lip and be a man and all this stuff. But, but his dad was, you know, so, and even though you, you know, I mean, you you specialize with, with women. I mean, there's really not that much difference in the, in the whole unified 
uh, universal law balance of these things. So I, I figured. Yeah, and I have worked with a lot of a lot of men as well, especially I mean the kind of men that are going to be drawn to me to work with are usually empaths and intuitives, <laughs> right? So I I know this. Um, I've heard this kind of situation often, right? All of that conditioning. Uh, is designed to make you feel like you need to block all that stuff out, right? And just power through, deny your emotions, deny everybody else's emotions, right? And then mm -hmm. especially if you're super sensitive and that's how you experience the world, you just end up feeling like there's something wrong with you, mm -hmm. right? When in mm -hmm. fact you have this gift that is very powerful, right? Yeah. 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 It was, it was very tough growing up because my dad was always the, the provider, the disciplinary you know, and it, it, I'd be required to help him when he was, you know, doing projects around the house. If I, if I were to leave to go do something or spend time with my friends, I'd get criticized. He goes, oh, you won't be back, you know. Go ahead and go, you know, leave me by myself. You know, stuff like that. I'd get criticized and for, for, for leaving. Yeah. yeah. So it made yeah. it very rough. So some code, it sounds like some codependency stuff there, too, that he uh, tried to instill. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So that's the kind of stuff. I mean, everybody has their personal history and that is the kind of stuff. It leaves certain imprints on us, right? Mm -hmm. Leave certain imprints on us. I mean, if uh, with criticism, it can leave those imprints of unworthiness or whatever, because our parents, when we're young, it's like they are where we, we absorb their opinions of us, right? People who've experienced anything that was fear, like any kind of abuse or anything, they can develop patterns of disconnecting or disassociating from those lower chakras. That's a lot of people I work with that have boundary issues. Like they developed habits of almost like just being really astral or being really like out of their body a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And those are great gifts. But then it means you're not connected to those lower chakras and you're this part of you is not protected. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like you go away. And meanwhile, this part of you just absorbs all the emotions and energies around you. So that's why a lot of the work with the people I know who are really spiritual is actually about getting them grounded. Like they've already got the open third eye, right? And it's like getting them grounded in those lower chakras so they can protect themselves mm -hmm. and, and, and get more um, intentional about when they're going out their third eye or when they're staying in their body and just seeing through their third eye because there's differences. So it's interesting. Yeah, it does I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I might be giving him bad advice when uh -oh, saying okay. when when the 3D world sucks, the 5D world is awesome. You know, <laughs> which is there are there there is a spiritual world cr crying out to Tim, you know, for him to take it in. So yeah. I've been I've been saying, you know, take it in, take it in. They're they're waiting for you, including his father, you know, who has some repentance, you know, that, that's involved here and. And maybe that could balance things out, but it, it sounds like the the advice that you're giving makes my advice sound terrible. <laughs> no, I think it's a balance. So has your father passed on, Tim? Yeah, we lost uh, we yeah. lost dad about three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Well, and no, I mean, I think there's great gifts. Mm -hmm. Like if you have abilities to connect on other planes. This is a gift, right? Mm -hmm. But it is all about really gaining, being able to engage in that gift and being self-protected while you do so and being very intentional about it. So you feel like you can shut it down when you need to, because sometimes we need to shut our gifts down, mm -hmm. right? And just rest. Yeah. So I, that's, that's sort of where I work a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I kind of told told Dad I was sorry the day the day he passed away, and then he got mm -hmm. he got tears in his eyes, and that was the last time I seen him alive. So that, that was comforting for me. I, well, I that's beautiful that you did get some closure with him too mm -hmm. before he left the body, because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, because I I felt bad about leaving him when he was, you know, building the shed out back and doing things around the house, and I wasn't here to help him. So, and mm -hmm. I, he and I fought a lot, you know, throughout the years. So that was a lot of it was me <laughs> not understanding him. Mm -hmm. So it was good to get that closure. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Because I think yeah. I think I was a lot like my dad, and still am. You know, even my mom tells me that you're too much like your dad. <laughs> so, well, that's usually the people that trigger us the most, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's always going to be someone that you know. There's always some sort of mirroring going on usually when we're really triggered by somebody. Mm -hmm. so it, was, it was it was karma. Another person would say it's karma. You know. Mm -hmm. Do you think meditation is good for people that have these abilities? Does that, does that yes, help balance? But, yes, but I think it is someone who is more sort of connected to the supernatural realms, <laughs> the name <laughs> of your show, meaning they're already really connected to the other side. I'm often going to recommend meditations that are really grounding and that are about building the strength of the mind so you can navigate those realms, right? For someone else who's like, those realms aren't even real. Then for them, meditation that's more about opening up those realms might be the key. Mm -hmm. So I think there's so many different forms of meditation. And it's really about what do you need? And, 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 and in the case of someone who has supernatural gifts, it may be about grounding and developing mental strength because that'll help you create boundaries. Well, um, where can you find grounding meditations? Because that's something that doesn't come up uh, in my YouTube feed often, <laughs> let's just say. And could be great self-promotion time for you, too, yeah. but also for Timmy's behalf, yeah. because I think that's excellent advice, grounding meditations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And really, that's a lot of root chakra meditations. So the one that I have in my book is called Root Bowl. And that's, you know, it's it's like you're imagining the earth is, is, is emanating up this bowl that you're sitting in. And it's like protecting you and you're just solid and safe in your body. But any root chakra meditation which you will find on YouTube, you know, it is really grounding. But I think people, when you just put in grounding, you're right. It's like what you're talking about earlier. People don't really want to, <laughs> like they know they need those lower chakras, but it's like not as much fun as the idea of flying through planes of light in your third eye or talking to those who have passed on or waves of bliss from your heart chakra, right? But so it's kind of like the foundation of the house, you know? Um, so... I would look up root chakra meditations, but I also think basic mindfulness anchored on your breath. You know, the really basic mindfulness, which is just follow your breath, the rise and fall of your belly in particular. Some people do the, the breath in and out of your nose, but studies have shown the more grounding meditations are the rise and fall of your breath. So if that's what you're looking for, you bring your, your, your focus lower and the rise and fall of your belly. You're just following would, would that be diaphragmatic then? We're concentrating yeah. on diaphragmatic exactly. breathing instead of, exactly. instead of nasal breathing. Exactly. And then you're just doing that with your, your, by doing that, you're bringing your awareness lower. In fact, you're focusing on your lower chakras, even though it may not be called chakra meditation. So just by bringing your awareness down and focusing on the diaphragmatic breathing, that's very grounding in and of itself. So that may okay. not be 
called the grounding meditation, but it is. Right. When I uh, was in radio school a long time ago, right? old school radio guy here, uh, we used to do exercises for our diaphragmatic because we speak from our diaphragm when we're on radio you know we have yeah, to, you have to be able to talk really yeah. get that voice out so we would lie down on our bellies and lift our feet and arms up and breathe from basically where our diaphragms are yeah. that's kind of where you learn you know where you're a lot of people don't know how to find their diaphragmatic breathing but uh, but you know lying down on our bellies and and doing basically belly ups if you will yeah. Um, is kind of, I, I, I guess in a twisted way, a sort of meditation, even though it was meant for radio practice, it might be good for him. Well, what do you think about that? Yes, Absolutely. I think that's a mind-body modality. And there's so many like Qigong and yoga that uses breathing as you're moving or standing like that. So that's basically what you were doing, right? And I think that's the other thing then moving into that is movement meditations, like yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong or modalities like that that are really moving meditation they're also very grounding because you're focused on staying in your body with full focus as opposed to leaving your body with full focus so if, if you're someone who's very gifted in leaving your body or connecting with other realms balancing that out with mind body modalities is a great way to go yeah what do you think Tammy? belly ups buddy yeah yeah definitely that definitely helps because uh, I, I need to figure out you know, and do more med grounding meditations because there's so much yeah. negative being thrown at me lately. And like you said, Chip, you know, with when the 4D world sucks, the 5D is really great. So <laughs> I've been dealing with a lot of awesome. the negative yeah. 4D stuff right now. So it's. But I, I think that the advice that Lisa is giving is, uh, Excellent. Uh, you know, it's earnest and it's rare and it's nice to see. And, and, um, and, you know, I, it, it lifts me up because I think it would be something that would help for you, um, you know, because I love you. I want to see it do well. You know, you know right. what I'm always saying to people who have, you know, incredible gifts in this way with the 5D realm, right, and, or, or, or any types of intuitive gifts, we're still in a body for a reason, right? Right. So yeah, you want to experience all these things that you can experience, but we have to take care of this vehicle in order to be able to do that too. So that's sometimes where spiritual beings are really talented psychics and intuitives uh, forget, right? It's like, okay, but I have to take care of this vehicle to keep doing that. And I'm in a body for a reason because there are realms in my view and in pretty much every system that talks about it where you can incarnate kind of disembodied or mm -hmm. other kind, right? So there's some reason you're in a physical human body and in this 3D, 4D realm. So you got to put some time into figuring that out. Or in from my perspective, you'll just keep coming back to it. So, mm. <laughs> so get, get it right now. And then yeah. you can decide later if you want to incarnate in some other form <laughs> would be another way to think about it. Explain. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about what the somatic technique is, Lisa? Mm. Yeah, somatic techniques are really what we're talking about. It's anything where you're really focusing and where do I feel it in my body? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if someone has trauma stored in their body or they have patterns of anger or hurt or anxiety, they, they feel anxiety in their body, you start with the body. That's the somatic part. Where do you feel that in your body as the entrance point? And through that, you can go into the energy body, Right. It's like if someone go, tenses up their whole body whenever they're anxious mm -hmm. and their stomach starts to hurt, 
you can follow that energy into the subtle body, into where that anxiety is stored and work with rewriting it. And then you're kind of release it on the energy body level, release it on the physical body level. And that's how you rewrite it over time. See, so that's, that's how you. That's yeah. what happens when I get upset or nervous. I, it goes in my stomach and then my, my bowels start churning and, you know, things start moving around in there. And, and that's not, not a good feeling. <laughs> You know, oh, and, and what adds to that is the doctors will blame you for it. They'll oh, call yeah. it psychosomatic when we're talking about somatic uh, exercises. You know, mm -hmm. the medical world will call it psychosomatic. You know, you're doing this to yourself. You know, the, your, your stomach is, it's your fault that you have stomach aches <laughs> because that's where your anxiety is going. And mm -hmm. the, But Lisa will say, well, this is where you take the work, start from <laughs> And then branch out from that. I, I see. Yeah. I'm 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 delighted by uh, oh, the things you're coming up with. Uh, yeah. Well, and so. that you know that is so common because it's navel. It's the navel. It's the third chakra, which I work more with the navel than the solar plexus and the sacral. And these are they're related to boundaries. So it is whenever we we take in negative energy and our boundaries get violated in some way. So many people have IBS or other kinds of gastrointestinal issues that are empaths. I mean, there is just, a, I time. see this all the time. Yeah, it's they're linked a lot of the time. And so it really is, again, about that navel chakra boundary and, and building up that strength to push energies out, you know, for sure. So it's, it's important for especially yeah. empaths to do that grounding meditation because of that reason. Grounding meditations and also navel chakra meditations. I like to do like visualizing a flame at your navel that's just like um, sort of burning away energies through your whole subtle body that you've picked up for anyone else. That chakra, that third chakra is linked to the fire element. And so you can use that sense of activating that fire element to just clear out your energy body. You know, like fire is considered purification, right? You can burn things up, burn off the energies you've picked up from other people. So that that's part of the strength of that chakra. Yeah. Well, being a Leo, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so we have that little bit of fire that keeps us yeah. going. <laughs> See, I'm 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 a clear sentient. So I yeah. the fibromyalgia. That's my mm -hmm. psychosomatic thing, and they can't point to anywhere with that, and I'm just screwed for life, and and that's okay with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. I'll take it, bring it on, I said. Hmm. Yeah, that's too bad. That's common with, well, with clear sentient, isn't it, Chip? To have fibromyalgia? Is that, is that common? You know, I, the, the ones that I've worked with, you know, look, I, I do tarot readings for, for people, and, and most of my clients are psychics. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I can pretty definitively answer that with a yes. Um, lupus, uh, fibromyalgia, lupus, sometimes... Yeah. Um, Asthma or or uh, chronic uh, fatigue syndrome is often also. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I, I get that too. But that's that's kind of you know what what happens to Timmy's stomach happens to my body. You know, we're talking chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's so too. overwhelming yeah, that you just shut down. You know, yeah. and uh, that's that that's from the crown down. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, I work a lot with the root chakra on that. Root chakra is linked to adrenals. And there is this, and the root chakra is where like our subtle body is linked into our physical body. So yeah, there can just be this overwhelm 
complete shutdown. It is like when a, a baby, because it ba happens with babies all the time, like little, when they're really young, the first three months, if they're overstimulated, they just go to sleep. And you're like, how are they sleeping? There's all these horns honking and lights yeah. in their face. They just go into shutdown, complete overwhelm mode, right? Later on, they start screaming because they're able to handle just enough to object. But when you're just new, you just completely shut down. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening, right? In some of these cases. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I have to agree with yeah. you on that. Yeah, we, we have a question. And, and it, our, Chip, our, right. our question in chat. Uh, Yuki, uh, she always asks questions in here, especially if we're on YouTube. But she says, I wonder if that would help me. I tense my whole body during any stress, physical, emotional, and even from other pains in my body uh, will cause me to tense up. Yeah. Yeah. So physical tension like that, yeah, it's like this response of, okay, I feel pain, something has bothered me, I've been triggered in some way, and it's like, bring on the armor, mm -hmm. right? Bring on the armor. So it's like that is the habitual response that tightening up like that will protect you. In fact, right, it, it doesn't really protect you. And it just, you know, puts a lot of energy into uh, you know, your cortisone and your adrenal, everything goes kicking up and it kicks off a whole lot of other stress stuff, right? So what you really want to work there, work with over time is what is the real fear? What are the triggers? Is it someone saying something mean to me? Is it something happening that I can't control? You know, what is it? We each have certain things that create this stress response and work with your feeling of resilience. Like if the issue is I can't handle change, whenever somebody does something that was unexpected or mm -hmm. they change the plan, this happens, then you're going to work with your resilience around change. Like I can adjust and adapt. It's okay. I'm still safe. Even if I have to change the plan and we'll we're working a lot with root and sacral. The sacral is water element, which is the adaptability. Root is the anchor, which is the fundamental sense of safety. So for someone who's locked in rigidity, it's like you want to work with, okay, things can change and I can handle it. And you work a lot with opening up the sacral. If they just fundamentally don't feel safe, like whenever someone says something not nice, they go into almost like fear around, I'm almost physically, it's almost like I'm physically unsafe, even though all the person did was criticize me, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's more around root and like, okay, no, this person isn't trying to kill me. I can handle this. I can handle it. And that's more root chakra. So that's, these are the kinds of things that it's like you're rewriting patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what trauma is. That's what stress is. You're relating to a current circumstance as if it's life threatening, even though your mind knows it's not, your right. body thinks it is life threatening. And so oh, you have to reprogram it. We've been talking about that a lot, and I think that would help Yuki too, because um, people confuse fear with danger. Fear right. is an imaginary thing, or danger is actual. But both of them will put you in a fight or flight response, yeah. where the blood drains from your brain to your limbs, to your autonomic nervous system, so you can defend yourself. And you you would think that under that stress you would reason more but literally you're less capable of reasoning it in those times but it's also uh, especially with so much fear being shoved down everybody's throats in a mass media sense in an entertainment sense in a music sense there's just no getting away from it but fear is imaginary danger is real yeah. You know, if you're in the middle of a road and a bus is coming at 50 miles an hour and you don't move, that's danger. Right? No. If you're no. staring at somebody, you get a creepy feeling about them and they're not moving or anything. 
that's imaginary. I think. Yeah. So there's, but you get the same physiological reaction, which leads to the same kind of things. And and poor Yuki here is getting migraines from that sort right. of thing too. Mm -hmm. We should add. Yeah. Yeah, and what you're going to be, where your mind is going to go, where the fears is, is based on your past, right? Very often. This mm -hmm. life and past right. life. Some of it you're right. conscious of, some of it you're not, right? Exactly. So what you're going to be afraid of has to do with what's happened to you already. And so you don't have to remember everything that's ever happened to you. But we, what is helpful is just to notice the patterns. What does trigger this in me, right? Which kinds of people or which kinds of situations, what kinds of stimuli are and then you know you don't have to relive everything but you just have to understand the patterns and then you can begin to rewrite them yeah she says it can be emotional but it really is more of a response to pain so physical pain so what's causing this is after you get the migraine then get the migraine and then go into the full body. Right. No, I, I think that the worse it gets, uh, you know, it, it starts with the, I think it, it started with her first question and then, but if it gets, if it continues then it goes to migraines and yeah. that's where it gets. Okay. Now I, I really don't know where I can go from here. If I don't relax, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. That's <laughs> what I'm reading. But when you get to that place, you just have, you do have to just, self-contain right and go through all those things of a migraine to let your body settle back down right yeah. and then work after oh, it's passed with the pattern she's got neuropathical she's she's got neuropathy yeah neuro uh, like the way it me fibromyalgia uh, myofascial pain uh yeah. because nerve pain there's nothing worse than nerve pain yeah and and if nerve pain is a response to emotional stimuli heaven forbid you know we're in a lot of trouble <laughs> see she gets it for me, that's that's uh, my clairsentience did that to me. I think, mm -hmm. you know, the more I open myself out into this beautiful five D world, the more I expose my three D body to uh, whatever gets whatever thrown gets at it. <laughs> you know, and and so it's a yeah, it's a blessing like and a curse. Yeah, I feel like there's levels to the work, right? Over time, one is getting more protected long term, but. In the moment now, it's like those grounding meditations to build that sense of resilience, right? So the body doesn't go into that response. So it starts to feel like, no, I can handle it. I don't have to go into that fight or flight response. But that does it does take time to rewrite that, right? It, but I have seen oh, people do yeah. it. Yeah, it's not an overnight. No, I've seen, I've, seen them, I've seen them do it too, you know. Yeah. I think that's why I'm bringing up Timmy today and, and you know, with with his, because he's close. He's he's on that verge. I see it, that's you know, right. and I'm excited about it. But at the same time, the 5D world is screaming out to him yeah. because yeah. he's representing them using a light medium as radio, you know, yeah. to represent these spiritual energies. And they're all kind of reaching out to him. And, 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 and in a way, it, it might... It, imbalance that physical three-dimensional pain and and anger you know and to kind of disappearing into this world that wants him yeah but he has to do the base work first yeah. and and yeah. so the grounding i think yeah, I, what I, a what a great great uh I suggestion so. yeah i get a lot of oh I, th I think so i think it's you know bowing i get a lot of precognitive dreams too i get you know dreams of future events that come yeah. That's great. I mean, that's a 
I mean, it might not always be great because some of them might not be happy events, right. I know. But, you know, that's an unusual skill. There aren't that many people that really have it. So I hope it's a gift you're able to, you know, really mm -hmm. harness for yourself for good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been working. But, the, you know, the 5G world is calling out to him. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I see that. I swim in it, you know, so I, 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 I see it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm excited for him on his behalf for that. But yeah. I don't want to be you giving him the show or advice. Yeah. yeah, throughout the show, throughout the, you know, all, we've known each other a long time, you know, but he, yeah. they, he produces when I do my show and work together here on his. Um, so, yeah. And and when we used Skype, you know, sometimes it was easier to see, you know, I mean, the picture would get all screwed up and the lighting would change. And, and sometimes you could actually physically see certain things, or at least I could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you could tell the difference between angelic or spiritual, you know, or yeah. supreme and, yeah. and, um, you know, or relatives, you know? So, um, yeah, very, very excited for him. And, and it's like, it's exciting because he's right on that cusp, you know, mm -hmm. and all he needs is like Lisa Erickson advice. You know, so I think this is a godsend that you're here today. Really? Yeah. yeah. You probably well, do you, I didn't know if you did readings sometimes on the show, Tim, for guests or no, or for <laughs> other people. I, I'm not. I won't put you to work, but <laughs> for people chatting in or anything like that, or you do it more one on one. I or things just come to you. That things just come. Yeah, events just come to me. Yeah, you know, it's some of them yeah. are very disturbing. Some of them aren't, and I don't understand yeah. them. You know, they're they're frightening, and I don't understand them. I you know, I it's not till I hear it on the news. You know, days or a couple of weeks later, that you know, the details come out about what happened. So, right, and then you start to put it together Process what them. you yeah. saw. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's good training. I mean, I feel like the way you train is you notice those over and over, and start to see the patterns, and eventually you might, in the moment, be able to interpret what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but you just keep noticing the patterns. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm I'm in the moment and I'm seeing these events play out in real time. And then yeah. I, I watch it on the news and it, it unfolds exactly like I saw it. Mm. You know, the, the things that leading up to it and even after the event is exactly what I see. And does it just happen spontaneously or is it like when you're in certain places or when you're doing certain things or is it right when you wake up or, you know, people sometimes have, different uh, ways it's, that it occurs. It's like early in the morning, like right before I wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like in that relaxed state. Oh, then, between waking and dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. You're in that intermediary state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad I don't have that. I even woke up. I even woke up <laughs> one morning. I said, I said, mom, she goes, why? I said, holy shit. I just saw a helicopter crash. She's like, what? Mm. And it was Kobe Bryant and his daughter. That was the day Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing. So you have these precognitive gifts, you know, I mean, I think in ancient times, we knew how to train people who had these gifts. You'd be found at like five years old <laughs> in certain cultures, right? And be trained yeah. your whole life. Yeah. An but elder would come up to them and say, you're a chosen one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No. Yeah. But you still can train now. But I do think a lot of the training, you know, from all my study has been that I've seen, it always did involve how to protect yourself how to shut it down when you need to, because you just need to get a good night's sleep, That's right? Or uh, And then how to turn it on at will, 
you know, when you want to, when you want to see something, right. Cause you want to help someone. Um, I think, so hopefully that's how it'll unfold for you over time, right? You'll, you'll get gain more control over it. And then, then you can really feel it as a gift. That's the trouble I have. I don't sleep well at night and <laughs> I still got to get that, you know, balanced out still. Yeah. It's like, you have to be able to shut your third eye off. Right. Like it's closed for business for the next eight hours so I can sleep. You know, that's kind of literally what it is. Can mm-hmm. you even use that visual actually sometimes? Yeah. Oh, if only it were that easy sometimes. I know. Yeah. It never hurts. It never hurts to visualize. Sometimes it helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Yuki's back with, uh, so what methods to walk tenseness away if you do figure out the basic pattern? Yeah. Uh, to walk it away is, I'm sorry, is that what the question is? To walk it away? Uh, that's how she worded it. So what, uh, method, okay. so what methods to walk tenseness away? I don't know if she means literally or figuratively. Yeah. If you do yeah. figure out the basic pattern, um, yeah. you know. Uh, so at first, then, I think, yeah. You know, it's, I think to, for someone to do that work on their own, I mean, it would be great to have like a somatic healer helping you. But on your own, how I would often work is like, whatever you do now to kind of get through it. Cause when you're in the instant, you know, everyone has their tools to get through it. But at first start out after the fact, rewriting it. Like if you, after the fact, once the migraine's gone or the tenseness is gone and you're in a safe space, rewrite the memory. And whenever the trigger point was, whatever it happens where the tightness started, rewrite it that that didn't have the tenseness did not start it and instead in that moment you said to yourself i'm safe i'm resilient i can handle this i'll stay in flow right because flow is like the opposite of rigidity and tenseness so first you rewrite it through your memory then over time that's like practicing you'll start catching it in the moment you'll start happening catching it as the tenseness happens and you do those same things I'm in flow. I can handle this. I can, you know, I don't have to tighten up. I can stay in flow and you'll gradually rewrite it over time. But what I'd be working with energetically is a lot of root and sacral chakra meditation. Like if I, that's what I would advise is doing a lot of root chakra. You can YouTube that sacral. You can look at my mine that I have online. Look for, you know, anyone that works for you. A lot of root and sacral meditation will really help with that balance of flow and stability. Now, when you say online, do you mean on your enlightenedenergetics.com site or something? I have some free meditations there and on my blog, Mommy Mystic, which you'll get to through Enlightened Energetics. But then the book, Chakra Empowerment for Women, has these meditations. And then those are also the corresponding meditations are on the book website. So like the visuals and the instructions are in the book. And then I also recorded them on the website. So I have a lot of free stuff out there for sure for people to try out if they want to. See, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy, I think she had a question for you, buddy. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. Do you yeah, have, it says at Tim question. Yeah, it says, do you uh, have a couple good friends you could talk with if the precognitive is disturbing? Hmm. Sounds good like question. a question directed to you, buddy. Good yeah, question. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much my guest and my co-host right here. Those are the people I have to talk to. <laughs> hmm. I don't have nobody out, outside of the show <laughs> yeah. with it. See, poor Timmy. <laughs> well, I oh, do. Think I'm concerned. Though. I mean, whoever asked that question, I can't see the questions, but 
whoever asked that question, I think that's uh, very important. You know, when you're processing those kinds of things, you need support. Oh, that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you need those kind, that kind of support, right? Anyone who has those kinds of gifts. You know, like I work with a lot of trauma survivors and that's kind of known. If you work with trauma, you need people to talk to to help you prom mm -hmm. um, process what you hear. Very much the same if you're a seer that sees sometimes traumatic things. You need someone to process that for your own mental health, you know? Mm -hmm. It's true. Yes. So hopefully if, it, if, Chip, if Chip serves that purpose or someone else in your life, you know? Yeah, yeah, Chip does a lot of it for me. I mean, he helps me out a lot. He's surrounded by some good people. Not enough good yeah. people, but some good people. Yeah. Good, know, good. So we're, we're kind of protective of, of, uh, of our boy here because we love good, him. Good. Do you guys feel spirits in this house right now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, dude, I've, I've boy, they've been around you for a, a, quite a while, mm -hmm. you know, but especially in the, in the, in the past couple of days, it looks like you're almost approaching this turning point, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, and I think today's guest is a perfect example of that. It's kismet for God's sakes. I, I don't think you could have found a better guest if you'd try than Lisa <laughs> Erickson. So well, that's people. interesting. Now you may be interested to know what's been going on for Tim. <laughs> okay. I won't pry too much, but no, I mean, when people are going through a transit of some type, which it sounds like you're referencing. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of visitations and confirmations that certain loved ones are here. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Virginia Rose and Trillo is one of our, our friends here. She's a, a very good, really good, really medium. good psychic medium. And uh, she she has brought my dad through. Actually, my dad came through her. Uh, there was things that that he was concerned about that only dad would know, or only I would know. And there's no way she could have known that. And uh, and my cousin Billy passed away a few years ago. And we've been seeing dragonflies. We had three doves fly through the front porch. Um, oh my goodness! We had three dragonflies. Is totem animal, yeah. by the way. We had uh, three three cool. birds last. Christmas when we were putting lights on a dogwood tree, they were hanging around for like a half hour and swinging on the the porch and they were singing. And the neighbor neighbor guy went past. She's like, he's like, you see this? I'm like, yeah. I mean, it was it was like they were house pets. You know, they were in in, yeah. uh, in your home singing away. It's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and we're heading into such a powerful time of year with this summer solstice. And we've just had a lot of interesting astrological stuff and, you know, the the, uh, the Scorpio full moon and all that. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm wondering what, you know, what the timing is. That's interesting. I feel like summer solstice with the longest day of the year, at least in our hemisphere, it brings clarity and it often brings closure. Like a lot of people mm. that I'm working with are having things surface that they've been working on a long time. And it's like, now's the opportunity to finally bring it to closure. So I wonder if you're having all these visitations because there's some sort of new level of closure that's or peace that's going to happen around their passings or oh, those you know, I don't know. It's definitely a time of year when everything comes to light for that purpose. And we're about to hit a Mercury retrograde for a few weeks going into the solstice. So that is all. I always think of Mercury retrograde as circling back to move forward. Mm. Yeah, this is a good one coming up. I think we need this one. And again, I like to be wrong, but I think we've had 15 months where there's been this square between Saturn yeah. and Mercury and just 
um, you wouldn't expect the kind of negative stuff. You know, this is the kind of time where you think all the angels would come out and, you know, be helpful. But it seems like angels are getting tortured <laughs> and all the anti-heroes are winning out, you know. But the energy seems to, at least in, in, in my mind, stars and planets and numerologically uh, settled out uh, late March. And now it's gotten to the point where if some magical opportunity drops right in the center of your lap, will you trust it? <laughs> because people are used to things going wrong when they expect them to go right. right. And now things could go right, but we expect them to go wrong. And the summer solstice and the Mercury retrograde are adding into all that because people's expectations of a Mercury retrograde are horrible. But this yeah. particular one could be the best one of all time. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. I really do it. I have Mercury retrograde in my chart. So it always, you know, to me, it's like normal. But, but yeah, I always view it as like it is this time when things rise to the surface. So it's rarely bad. I mean, yes, you can have, un, un, you know, inconvenient things happen, but really it's more about like things rise to the surface. And so it's perfect to have one right before the solstice. All the shadows will rise up. Shadows rising up are good because you see them then. It's better that you can see them than that you can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And some shadows are good. You know, when the veil is thin, exactly. you know, that scares some people, but they should be excited about it in, in certain yeah. cases. Because yeah. I, I so see, and, and because you work with uh, people that, that have gone through trauma, you know, or abuse, lifetimes yeah. of abuse, and, you know, I'll have in the, in the next hour, you know, my, my one super question was regarding my wife, and I don't want to wait until after the okay. break okay. today. But, uh, the, you know, I mean, it takes as long as it takes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But sometimes there are people that were in your life that are no longer on this earthly plane, let's just say, yeah. that are trying to make amends, that are coming back to try to make amends, not to re-torture you, not to re-abuse you. But right. the expectations are negative. Oh, they're attachments or they're demonic or they're, you know, it depends on, on you know, what, what part of the country you come from, I suppose. Uh, but I have seen so often, especially from, again, late March onward. Now, the times they are a changing, things are yeah. mellowing out. It's just the opposite is true. Nobody expects good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they so expected it, expected it, expected it, didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. So now it's just like, oh, yeah, screw you. Don't, you know, get, get out of my face with that good stuff, you know. Right. But but this Mercury retrograde and this summer solstice, these are important things. And the veil thinning, I just uh, want to put in people's heads before I mute. Um, there is a lot of repentance that is just crying out to be heard. Mm. So yeah. you can expect maybe some apologies, you know, from from people you uh, that are no longer on this plane that you think are there to haunt you or to bother you or to uh, reinstill that abuse. It's just the opposite is true. And this Mercury retrograde will give it time to pause, not communication breakdown, just pause, just pause before the big start comes. Because yeah. when the big start comes at the end of this retrograde, that's when the magic is ready for you and you could be ready for the magic. And I'll shut up now. That's great advice though. And that's great information. I think that's a 
really helped me reframe to this Mercury retrograde, which I had been, you know, like I said, the way I viewed it is circling back to move forward. And it fits in perfectly with that. And the whole idea of that there's being seeking repentance and to just open enough to allow that to happen because it brings everyone involved closure. Right. Mm -hmm. And you really can't move on from trauma and other events in your life that have shaped you in that way without getting a certain sense of closure or completion. So if there's any chance at that, open up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, Red Bull, time for break. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Red Bull. And yeah, me and maybe I'll be disappearing during this one. My bladder chakra is speaking to me. So I'm going to. <laughs> 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 We're not going to get too succinct on which uh, which chakra that is exactly, <laughs> but it is full. <laughs> so. so we're on a little break. Okay. Yeah, we got, a, got about four minute four minute commercial break, and we'll okay, be back. Good. All right. You're listening to Supernatural right. Realm with Lisa Erickson. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. What is the supernatural realm exactly? Why do people have paranormal or mystical experiences? Is there some science behind it they're not looking at? Why do some people have negative encounters and others don't? What are the best methods to use? And is there some new truth to them? Well, will you ask these questions on the hit radio show supernatural realm with tim roxbury tuesdays and thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m eastern with your co-host chip reichenthal on occasion on the supernatural realm tuesdays and thursdays 7 to 9 p.m eastern on the trim radio network wtrmradio.com where the truth gets even better <laughs> That's right. Take the red pill and I will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes every Saturday night from 9 p.m. to midnight here on the Prim Radio Network. This is it's the Red Pill chance. Reality Show. See you then. After this, there is no turning back. On the Spiritual Freedom Show on WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, you will hear the voice of an extraterrestrial master speaking through my teacher, Dr. George King, as it was recorded over 60 years ago. I'm Richard Lawrence, and every Saturday at noon Eastern Time, I bring you the wisdom of the nine freedoms with practical ways to give global service and attain enlightenment. You're listening to the Trim Radio Network. We cut the bull and serve the truth. There are actually ways to look at the paranormal realms without all the fearful stuff, and we'll do that. Not just paranormal, but supernatural, psychic, metaphysical, even extraterrestrial realms. There's kindness and benevolence if you look hard enough, and we will. Join us every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern for Kindness Beyond the Veil with your host, Chip Reichenthal. We've got great guests, fascinating information, cool topics, and we'll even make you feel better. Laugh a little. 
we'll welcome you and ease your fears. Join us Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Kindness Beyond the Veil with your host, Chip Reichenthal. Join us right here on Trim Radio Network, WTRMRadio.com. That's where the truth gets even better. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. WTRMRadio.com, your talk station. The Supernatural Realm on the Trim Radio Network, WTRMRadio.com, with our special guest, Chippe. You there, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I like being a special guest. I mean, <laughs> Lisa Erickson's our special guest. <laughs> Lisa Erickson. <laughs> We're just having some fun here, boy. I think you have what. This is some of the finest advice I think I've seen in a in a long time, and that that is not to dog anybody else that's given great advice on this show. But I I just think, you know, I'm an all good things in time kind of guy, and and this just seems like the timing seems right for all this, um, you know, for the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, before I pull out my question, which is going to suck some of the oxygen out of the room, I you know. You, any other things you want to ask first? No, Go I, got right my, I got my code red, so I'm good. Go ahead and ask <laughs> okay, okay. Code red's good. I want to ask you about the love of my life. Okay. Um, now, I, I seem to be the only person I know that wasn't brought up under any uh, form or guise of abuse. Uh, it's kind of a lonely place to be. <laughs> Because I'm usually the one they come to for advice, you know, and and uh, I, I give the best-hearted advice I can because of my love for my friends. If you if you understand where I'm coming from, uh, well, my wife had a mother who was um, a big drinker and uh, very very mean drunk. Let's just say, mm-hmm. so it instilled a lot of um, repetitive. You'll never amount to anything. Um, you know, you're you're worthless. You know, wait till you see. Wait till you see. Try as hard as you want. You'll never make it. You'll never go anywhere. You'll never do anything. You're not worth it. I heard. I was you know, that too. Yeah, right? 
And, and my wife pulled herself out of that. Her older brother withdrew, you know, but she became the bull. <laughs> the bull, just trim radio, right? The bull, we, we love the bull here. <laughs> and not the kind of bull some of you are thinking about either. But, you know, uh, but, you know she, so she pulled herself into strength. And I think that that is not saluted nearly enough, you know. Somebody mentioned that last week, nobody who ended up being a hero ever woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm going to be a hero. You know, they I usually do it as of something that happens that they don't expect, and it's the result of that. But everybody here is brave, and everybody here is strong in ways that would stun us. But it's always when nobody's around to see it. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever, nobody's around to see how, how courageous we are, how brave we are. All of us, all of us listening, all of us watching, all of us in the room here, you know. But so I am so proud of her. You know, this is the love of my life. She's my bodyguard, by the way. I That's why I can be so nice to everybody. You know, she'll kick their ass. <laughs> I mean, not literally. She's not funny. But uh <laughs> But the voices come back, you know, and it, irregardless of triggers or things that happen, it's just, and I don't know if it's uh, planetary. Uh, I don't know if it's just a coincidence or it's just inbred in people that have that repetitive pattern thrown at them in their face over and over all their childhood. This is not their, most of our beliefs, our strongest beliefs aren't even ours. <laughs> yeah, they were taught to us before we were old enough to have a conscience of our own or a consciousness of our own, really, that we were aware of. So there's that in the first place. But you work with a lot of people in trauma, including sexual trauma. But, you know, uh, abuse is abuse and trauma is trauma. And there's no such thing as, oh, you'll get over. You know, you That's know. Right. It, it's been a year. You should be over it by now. It it lasts as long as it lasts. And there's no book that says that. But Lisa Eric, I bet you anything you would say that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Last yeah. as long as the last. But when the but when the voice has come back and it's not anything I'm to you. I mean, she is loved. She is cherished. She is coveted. Right. Um and yet the, the the voices still and her mom passed uh, last year you know she's here all the time and she's trying to like Timmy's dad make amends she's mm -hmm. trying to you know because my wife is sensitive you know she's she's sensitive she she's seen spirit before worked with spirit before she knows that her parents and her brother are all here but her mom especially, and her mom is like almost aggressively, for lack of a better word, trying to push the repentance in her face in a way she can see it. Mm. You know, and, and but yet my wife kind of refuses to <laughs> to see it because then she'd have to believe it. But why do these voices come back and how can I help her? Yeah. Well, and I think the first thing you said about you know trauma and abuse. The process of healing from that, if we even use that word healing, I'm not even sure we should, but processing it, it's not linear and it kind of goes in this spiral, you know, so you're kind of going forward and then you feel like you're going backward. I don't think you're ever going backward. I think it's kind of like this, you know, it goes in this 
spiral feeling. So you, you feel as if sometimes you're going backward, but you're actually uh, just circling back to something and it comes back. Sometimes the circling back is, you know, why something happens to trigger it. it could sometimes it could be energy cycles in the world, right? There can be reasons we don't always know. Sometimes it's like we hold ourselves back. Like there's some part of us that is like, starts getting scared of the change. Like, oh gosh, I actually haven't heard that voice for two months but that's who I am. So then you like take yourself back into it. So, so it's like you, you have to get used to it gradually, the idea that that isn't who you are. And the first part of the work, which it sounds like your wife is already through, you're surfacing all those voices in those messages. Then you think like, oh, now that I see how I got them, I can, I'll let go of them, I'll never feel them again. But no, you have to sort of follow it up with repetition to rewrite it. And it's in that phase where people can lose heart because they'll be like, I've seen how I got these. You know, why am I, I, I had a whole week where I didn't think that way. What happened this week? Why am I down again? Right. And you just have to keep greeting yourself with compassion and uh, recognizing that you are moving forward. It's just sometimes there is, you know, uh, um, a, a, a circling back right before you move right. forward. I think the way you support her, you know, always the way we support anyone is unconditional love and patience. Right. Right. And, um, it seems you have some insight into what's going on with her, with her past well, mom. And, you know, that's just helping guide with that. You know, we're, we're soulmates. I mean, you know, answer each other's question. We can have a forty-five minute conversation without even opening our mouths. You know, I mean, it's it's that type of thing. We might as well have been twins. And and I I see a lot of uh, comments coming in about past life. And I, I and yes, Yuki, I'll I'll address that because I have uh, I have given her past life regression hypnotherapy. She's one of those people who, you know, nobody's going to tell me how to guide, meditate me. <laughs> nobody's going to tell me how to relax. I'm going to tell me how to, you know, that sort of, so she's very difficult to, as a client uh, in, in hypnotherapy. Uh, you know, we have to give her a, like a math problem or something and <laughs> sneak in the subconscious. But, but yeah. you know, and some of her past lives that we have done have answered some questions, mm -hmm. you know, have, you know, uh, fear of heights, her fear of heights, for one, has been addressed. You know, mm -hmm. her fear of water in certain situations have been addressed because these were ways that she had died in, in former lives and everything. So we've got, the, you know, the, we've got the kind of the past life cycle kind of figured out. We even have pre-life, you know. We've got friends who um, say when you're in the womb and something happens to the mother carrying you, uh, automatically would trigger things in you because of what she experienced when you were too young to even breathe on your own. You know what I mean? In the womb. So we've got the pre-things and the past life things and, and all that sorted, and yet you know the 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 voices they come back, uh, yeah. and I, um, I because I I have not had a past of abuse, I almost feel helpless in that way because I can't yeah. I can't fully empathize with that having not gone through it myself. Yeah, even though I can understand as deeply as I could without having those. Yeah. Experience. Well, and often when people have a phase where it feels like it's really strong again, it's because they are about to make a shift forward. So I just wonder, because we're heading into this Mercury retrograde and this solstice, and you're saying that you feel as if there's a lot of 
um, contact with her mom going on that if she isn't in this phase of kind of constriction because she knows she's about to release something. Sometimes it is that way. So there's almost like this protection because it feels scary to let go, right, of uh, the history. And so there's a constriction right before you let go. I think the other thing is, you know, it sounds like you've done a lot of mining of the past and all the different ways that these voices developed. And then at a certain point, when you've seen all that, it's like you shift gears to just when, what do I do when the, when the, when the voice comes up, what can I do? Can I counter it? Do I feel it? This is somatic work is great for that. Like, can I feel the emotion or energy behind that voice in my body somewhere? Because you can sometimes feel where you feel in your energy body and then focus on the nearest chakra and imagine it's just dissolving the energy behind that thought form. So, so when you say somatic and we, well, you haven't met her and, and you don't probably don't know enough about her to answer this putting on the spot question, but you are so good. Is there any particular somatic exercise uh, or, uh, you know, whatever that, that yeah. you would recommend not knowing her at all? And, but well, just I'll first I'll just go intuitively. The very first thing I got was white light in the heart chakra white light in the heart chakra, and then just spread it out through the whole body. So white light is usually purification cleansing. So that indicates to me that she is in later stages of dealing with these voices. Like they are loosening, like the 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 the, the samskaric roots or the energy roots that are written into the energy body based on the past experiences, they are loosening. And so white light in the heart chakra, you know, kind of really imagining it deep would be something to work with. But otherwise, it's like if she can she can experiment with like when certain thoughts come up, do, where do again, where do I feel them in my body? Do I feel them somewhere? Do I feel them as an energy? Does it feel like oh, a constriction in my stomach? Do I feel it? You know, do I feel a constriction in my heart? What do I feel? Do I feel like my, I'm getting choked? I mean, people have all sorts of sensations. Do they feel like I have a pain on this side of my head? And then go to the nearest chakra and imagine light is dissolving that because what you're really feeling when you do that is where that pattern is written into your karmic body, the, yeah. the level of your energy well, body. That's it's, it's tougher that she's got rheumatoid arthritis and, and she's got myofascial pain like me. She's, right. um, she's um, uh, blind, but not blind, whatever the ter term is for that. Legally blind. Legally blind. Thank you, my love. Um, yeah, the only woman alive that thought me gorgeous enough to marry is. Well, you know. <laughs> it all works out that way. There's someone for everyone. It all works out. Yeah. Yeah, but to me, she's an oracle. You know, it's just like the one of the the things I see when I look at Timmy and all the gifts. You know, um, somebody told me that that my gift was I can I can see what makes each individual person so special and so unique. Aside from well, you're a gift recognizer, which is a big gift. Yeah, yeah. Of other people. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, um, but but it's also heartbreaking. I mean, to to me, she's an oracle, and I think because of that legal blindness, she sees energies. You know that most people can magnetic grids. You know, for yeah. example, dimensions. You know, I mean, yeah. the deeper deeper stuff. She could be you know, uh, something that the ancient Greeks would uh, attribute entire nations to, you know, yeah. that, I mean, that level of Oracle. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it makes it, I'm, I, one more weird thing, 
because uh, because I like your advice so much. I'm going to compare you to somebody else whose advice I really like so much. I don't think I'll name her uh, because that wouldn't be unfair. <laughs> but an extremely, extremely interesting process that she's putting people through is what she basically does is it's almost like a self-hypnosis kind of thing where you introduce your adult self to your seven-year-old self. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what we do in past life uh, regression. You know, you see yourself at seven and then at one, and then you go back and you see who you were in a past life and blah, 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 blah. But here, your adult self can parent your seven-year-old and say, yeah. you don't have to worry about those things anymore. Mm-hmm. We're past that now. We can process these things together. But like you have been saying throughout the entirety of this interview, triggers, you have to figure out what what the triggers are. You know, that's, I, I think for a lot of people, the toughest thing about, it's, it's one thing to, oh, take that deep look within. Nobody wants to do that, right? But, but... You know, to figure out what triggers, you know, why am why did this set me off all of a sudden for no reason? What was it that set me off? What was it that is now aching my legs or back or migraine? You know, what what is it? Why am I just so thrown off when an hour ago I was fine? Why are those voices coming back now? You're talking about triggers a lot. And I'm yeah. I'm comparing your work to this woman who I think came up with this phenomenal idea of finding a way to meet your current grown-up self to your seven-year-old insecure, open, you know, uh, sponge and say, you know, the fact that they said this, that's not right. You don't have to be afraid of this or you don't have to be proud of that or you don't have to be this, you don't have to be that. And negotiate with that seven-year-old self of yours yeah. in that sacral chakra. Yeah. Know, no, the, I uh, use that exact same technique, actually. You know, uh, sometimes when you feel the thing, the block, right, or where it's stored, you need to externalize it, right? So there's a lot of different methods you can use. Like you imagine it leaving your body and, and personifying. And sometimes it personifies as yourself as a certain age, right? And that's really like a clue. Uh, as to when that pattern developed, right? And then, yes, it's like you reparent that part of yourself or you ask them what they need. I also work with another project process that's called feeding your demons. And that's what it's based on. It's like, instead of fighting your demons, you feed them, meaning you give them what they need. And there's a great book called Feeding Your Demons for anyone who's interested in that. You feed them what they need. You say, well, I I, like, if it's an old pattern of anger all the time, right? You say, you know, you get your seven-year-old self who developed that for self-protection, right? Because they were getting bullied or whatever, right? And you say, I appreciate you trying to protect me, but I don't need you to be like that all the time anymore, right? And yeah, you have this conversation. What do you need from me? What do you need from me to let this go, right? And whatever they tell you, they need unconditional love, they need healing, whatever, and you give it to them. You give it to this child self. I think another good technique is visualizing yourself in the future, your future self liberated from whatever is bothering you now. And you bring forth that future self and you ask them, what do I need to do to get to you, right? 
But then you integrate that future self into you because they represent a certain energy or vibration of where you're trying to get. And then you bring that into you now. And it's a way of creating this connection, right? Because time doesn't really exist, right? So you can go back to your past self. You can go to your future self and you can use those vibrations to heal your current self for sure. Yeah. Uh, see, I turned my mic back on just to do this. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even need the microphone to bow you know we're not worthy we're not. <laughs> but, um but yeah you, you must see this as a like a really really super common thing though i i imagine uh, uh but and and uh, because you at least in your bio work with women especially um, yeah I, I can only imagine, I don't know if it's so, you know, it's kind of a dude thing to say this, <laughs> but I can only imagine that it must come up a lot. The, the voices, the yeah. voices out of nowhere, just coming back, regardless of, you know, where you are, what you're doing and how things are. Well, you know, um, for both men and women, I mean, you said you're one of the few people you know that had a functional childhood, basically. Unfortunately, statistically, that's basically true, right? You know, um, I mean, this is some of, one of the big things that needs to change in our society, right, is how we parent. It's not easy because uh, we pass things on from generation to generation, right? <laughs> and we always say, whatever, I'm just not going to be what my parents were to be, you know, and then you end up being exactly what your parents were. <laughs> it's the only model you have, right? It's the model you have. It gets imprinted yeah. really young. These, Like you said, these these imprints happen before we're conscious. So we end up repeating a lot of them, but it is possible to become conscious of them and, and change them, but it takes a lot of patience. And I think ancestral trauma is a big one too, right? We carry things from generation to generation. Sometimes you're experiencing, you know, you mentioned past life. We mentioned things, stuff from this life, stuff in the womb. There's also ancestral. Sometimes you're carrying trauma that's actually from your predecessor. I'm glad you mentioned that. My, my wife yeah. did one of those DNA tests and it broke the computer because you know, <laughs> I think their family was like rabbits. They didn't just screwed anybody and anything anywhere. <laughs> she, She's yeah. carried ancestral yeah. trouble from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, every ancestry possible. <laughs> Not necessarily just from this planet or this uh, solar system either, you know. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can have a fragmented self. You know, I mean, there is a lot of possibilities. So at a certain point, you can't maybe you can't diagnose it all and you just deal with what is what are the thoughts that are rising to give me problems and what's effective for in the moment they're coming up for really being able to say you're not real. Or, as you said, see the child that they they originated from and, you know, say this was always a lie that you were told it was never real. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And and imagine regrowing up from that place. So there's a lot of different tools and they, they all work together to gradually liberate us, liberate us. Mm. Uh, just as a general question, uh, because we you're grounding, grounding techniques, grounding meditations uh, for for her, even though this is kind of a generalization, even though we're talking about one specific case. Um, think grounding would be better? Do you think uh, going a little further out into embracing that oracle, that 5G would be for her? Well, for me, they work together. 
because it is like your body and grounding. It's like a light bulb. Like if you, if you want to go further out into 5D, if you want to open up your third eye and have more communication, spirit communication, you have to up your wattage. You know, if you try to put, if you plug in a 30 watt light bulb into a hundred watt light lamp, it's going to blow it out, right? You have to become a hundred watt <laughs> light bulb, right? To, to, to take that through. So that's root chakra work. That's the grounding work is upping your wattage ability. And then you can go even further safely. So opening up your third eye and anchoring your root chakra, they go together to me. And that's often what I'm working with when people want to expand. And so in terms of whether someone wants to expand, that's an individual choice. I think that's right, an and, choice. And, and before the code red comes up, Timmy, <laughs> there's that smile. <laughs> See, I can't even remember my question now. It was really super good. Um, never mind. No, I know what it is because we haven't really talked about Kundalini all that much. Mm. You know, we've mentioned the word a few times. A lot of people don't even know what that means. And for people that do know what it means, it's not an easy thing. I, you know, it's it's to get every chakra in your body balanced and on basically on the same wave. So so from from the heavens in into the center of this beautiful Mother Gaia uh, is a straight, even, balanced, unified line. You know, so you really have to take. You know, the base and the sacral and the solar and the heart and the throat and the third eye and the crown and, and the ones above and beyond and below and beyond and have them all really all at the same frequency at the same time. Um, and it sounds difficult as hell. I've had a couple of times personally where I've done it in seconds and, you know, felt like the man of the world. You know? <laughs> um but talk about that, uh, and and maybe in in for Timmy's case and all we've talked about Timmy in the first hour, and for my beautiful wife's case and all we've talked about her in this second hour, if that would help, and and if there are any tricks or techniques to make it easier for them. Yeah, well, you know, I think one thing that sometimes gets lost is there's multiple different kinds of energies that move through the chakras, and the two main ones are prana and kundalini, or that's how they're described in the ancient. Indian tradition, because that's where those two words come from, right? Prana has more to do with your physical health. And when we talk about clearing the chakras and balancing them, we're talking more about prana. We're talking more about balancing your energy body, the level of your energy body, because your energy body is like this intersection between your physical body and your psyche and spirit. So prana has more to do with that link between your energy body and your physical body. So when you're working on physical issues, you're working more with trying to uh, activate and clear the flow of the prana. Kundalini has to do with personal growth. And it's taught, like the yoga traditions teach, well, you have to get the prana part all clean first, and then you can move on to Kundalini, right? So Kundalini is about personal growth. It's like blowing everything we've been talking about. Anytime you clear out an emotional pattern that was causing you pain, heal from a wound, change a pattern. Whenever you're trying to change a pattern, you're working with Kundalini, whether you're conscious of it or not. Because Kundalini is the energy that moves through us that has to do with another level of consciousness. And yes, what you're speaking to is when you get it moving all the way through all of them, that's when these super, these mystic states of awakening 
uh, open up for us, which is different than things like third eye experiences, because third eye experiences have to do with visiting other realms, making contact with people. That's, you know, that's kind of throat and third eye communications from other realms. But having that Kundalini flow up to the crown chakra is really like it's it's connection to source. It's connection to God. It's mystic experience. Oh, you know? my Lordy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a couple of people are, are saying is it similar to Reiki? And my instinct is no, no. It's a different process. Reiki is healing other people. This is something. That was that, me actually asking that question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because this is something that that takes all these fragments of us and, and puts it all in one straight unified line where, you know, I've had shaman make them all lotus flowers. Each chakra, you know, yeah. becomes a lotus flower in its own color and, and the lotuses all align up. And you're right. I mean, there is really no feeling like the world uh, in doing it, but, but Reiki is more directed to others. You, you, take a source of divine energy and you use it with your fullest heart and an intent to help someone else heal their pain. This is something that we have to do within ourselves. And, uh, and, and it's a lot more of a process, I think, uh, than, yeah. than uh, Reiki. And, and then the uh, techniques that are Kundalini conscious techniques that are about consciously meditating to bring the Kundalini up. But really, if you're engaged in any kind of spiritual growth, you're working with the kundalini whether you're conscious of it or not and i think in terms of reiki healers there are some that are more prana focused like their gifts just lie more with directing light for physical healing and there's some that are more spiritual healers meaning they're 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 better at directing light into um spiritual obstacles right and some people are both so i do think that reiki healing although it doesn't most training sessions don't really distinguish between those two some people are more gifted in one versus the other you know so you could have a reiki healer that was more focused on one or the other yeah i i got a friend that oh i think you'd like this guy maybe you know him, dr claude swanson and this book he's looking at prana as um uh, as a physicist asking if mm -hmm. consciousness is an energy form mm -hmm. and he's using prana to represent that you know, it's the life force. I mean, for yeah. Qigong, it's 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 the life force. Yeah. And 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 he thinks that rather than being an energy form in itself, he thinks it's a subtle force mm -hmm. that could indirectly or even directly impact energy and matter. Rather than being energy itself, it's a subtle force, like a centrifugal force or like gravity. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it's so interesting because the ancient yogis, they really were like physicists, right? And now physics is catching describing up. some of the same things, right? Or physics is describing some of the same things, you know? So it's like, when does science and spirituality come together? It's just starting to happen in this day and age. And it'll be interesting to see if we develop the tools for it to get further, right? And then what will happen with healing when science and spirit can come together? Because right now on the level of healing, they're still very separate. Right. Very simple. You know, there's been some yeah. complementary medicine is it where we combine it, but for the most part they're separate. And what would it mean for those two to come together? Yeah. Yeah, it would be something. But just to think of it and because astrophysicists, you know, I mean yeah. Harvard guys are looking at black holes as like um 
like a hard drive, if you will, of uh, that consciousness energy that takes it from this part of the universe and transcends it to whatever other parts of this universe or any other universe that there are. Black yeah. holes are like this, the, the center of that prana. And, yeah, uh, which every chakra is a wheel, like a black hole, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the center of every chakra is a vortex that you can go into. You know, we talk about moving energy through the chakras. You can do that. You can move in, you can move it through one chakra. You can activate a chakra and emanate that energy through your body or out in the world. There's so many different things. But the other thing you can do is each chakra is a doorway you go through. So there's just so many different th ways that you can access and work with the chakras. Um, so yeah, they are each kind of a vortex in that way. Yeah. But boy, if you can, you know, for those people who have tried and succeeded at, at, at Kundalini, at, 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 you know, from, from the bottom up or from the top down, however you're looking at it, to have all of your chakras really in unison yeah. and balanced. Oh my lord, it's it's just such a marvelous thing. Yeah, bliss. Bliss is the word usually used. <laughs> right? Bliss. Yeah. <laughs> bliss. Ooh, I like that word. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful thing. Lisa, we got about 15 minutes left of the show here. Is there anything else that you'd like to promote? Uh, how can people get a hold of your books? How can you know, people get a hold of your website, that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, I think I always like to say to people, and I think your audience is already pretty open to everything, you mm -hmm. know, to explore your energy body and working with your energy body. And whether you're doing that to increase your intuition, to work with energetic boundaries, to heal from something, adding in working with your energy body to whatever other way you're working has tremendous benefits, right? And we're in a day and age, I really believe, where more and more people can access that with their awareness, meaning really feel it in their body, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and so if you're interested in my work, you can go to chakraempowermentforwomen.com or enlightenedenergetics.com. I think you have all those in the show notes for anyone listening, right? Wherever right. they're listening. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Chakra Empowerment and blog mommy mystic so i'm all over the they're all connected to each other find one and you'll find all of them okay. <laughs> and yeah but charting science and meditation and um chakra primer for women two very very different books but depending on what you're interested in well, i'll be fighting you on facebook that will give me something cool. to do later today <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be? Chip, closing comments. Anything you want to promote your show for I mean, Monday? I'm close to this hour, so I would. Oh me? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Let's get Chip to talk even more. Yeah. Uh, hey, I've got a, even this shirt here. <laughs> Kindness beyond the veil with your host Chip Reichenthal. You know, you can get this shirt if you want. Well, not this very one because you know different sizes. You On. Got, <laughs> hey, you got a hoodie too, up by the way, a new one. Yeah, it's all six sizes. Yes. On. I just put it up. Oh, today. really? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now there are hoodies for kindness beyond the veil, also for supernatural realm and for trim radio all at WTRMradio.com. That's where you can hear the show. WTRMradio.com. They've got a shop section so you can get trim radio goodies, you know, coffee cups and hats and, and shirts and hoodies. And you can get kindness beyond the veil goodies and supernatural realm goodies all at WTRMRadio.com. 
my show, Kindness Beyond the Veil, every Monday, this very time period, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. My guest coming up this coming week is my friend Krista Cesare, a, uh, one of the sweetest people you ever meet who had one of the most notorious malevolent haunting cases uh, known countrywide, worldwide, really, called the C2D1 haunting. Uh, we'll talk to him about that and how he came out of all of that such a sweet and wonderful human being. Come in. Um, Thank you, buddy. Tuesday the 25th, I got Kathleen Martin. Uh, she's oh. going to be my guest here, and you can find out more about her at SupernaturalRealmRadio.com and Trim Radio, uh, WTRMRadio.com. So. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful thing. Wow. Can and I, I think we that? have um, Lisa Erickson on um, Circle of the Universe on Monday. Oh, there you go. I, I was wondering which show am I on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just say yes. I meant to say yes. <laughs> two shows? I'll be on two you shows. You might as well be on all of them. But well. what, do we talk about, what do we talk about on Circle of the Universe? Let me know. <laughs> oh, Timmy, that's, that's your step, buddy. You go. Circle of the Universe is on from. Maybe we can talk talk more about your experiences. I'd love to hear about more of those and energy and different different ways of interpreting things. And I don't know, whatever direction you want to go. Yeah, we can certainly do that. Beautiful. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on on one of these shows. You know, we got we got three of them that are exceptionally good. You know, all of them are great, but you know, I I have personal favorites, you know, Supernatural Rum Radio, which is what you're on. Uh, Circle of the Universe is on Monday following Kindness Beyond the Veil from 9 to 11. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. 9 to 10, whichever. People can just stay on. They should just stay on Monday then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just stay on, period, you know? Yeah. And plus, uh, for those that want to see the live streams, that's on Facebook Live on Trim, T-R-I-M, Trim Radio Network. So it's facebook.com forward slash Trim Radio Network, and you can watch us. Okay, I got to find that too. So that's for actually, Monday, I will. Actually, that's WTRM Radio's Facebook page. Oh. It says okay. WTRM Radio and Supernatural Realm Facebook. Also on YouTube, Supernatural Realm Radio. So it's actually WTRM Radio on Facebook. It's not Trim Radio. That's the, that's the private, oh. that's the group one, but it's, it's WTRM Radio. Facebook. So. Okay, For, to see the to see the shows. Correct. It's WTRM Radio Network. Right. Not Trim Radio Network. Right. It's WTRM Radio on Facebook. Okay. I sit corrected because <laughs> I'm not standing. <laughs> Thank you for straightening that one out. Well, I don't want to promote their own stuff. Uh, that's fine. Um, Lisa, anything else? No, one. Throw one more question at me. Anything? Ooh. Here, let's let's see. Let's sit for a minute. Go what into is, our third what eye. Is, what is your what go? Be good. Yeah. What is your go-to um, gemstone to, for protection, if any? For protection. Right. Oh, gemstone. Is that what you asked? Protection gemstone. Oh, tiger's eye. Tiger's eye. Tiger's eye. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I have tiger's <laughs> eye bracelet and. But you know, I also have I have certain mantras that I say, and then really chakra wise, I would go to my navel chakra. Mm-hmm. It depends, actually. I go to navel chakra for just boundaries, like going to the mall, the grocery store. You mentioned that earlier. Just being in a crowd that would be navel chakra. If it's more supernatural, like I feel like there's something, you know, I'm gonna kind of it's an alignment thing. It's like 
it's more like aligning with the light in a way that is uncomfortable for any beings that don't have good purposes. Mm -hmm. So I would first go to alignment, which is kind of like crown heart alignment. And um, yeah, so it depends what, what is the issue, if it's more crowds or if it's more spiritual. Mm. I like, I like yeah. black obsidian and, and um, tiger eye. Those are my two favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. Great. I guess that's it, guys, if there's, if there's nothing else. And we can end the show a little bit, a few minutes early. No, thank you very much. Wow. Good time with you guys. Yeah. Lisa Erickson, we, we oh. have to hand it to you. Um, it's boy, it's refreshing. Hours, tremendous uh, the, uh, show. Yeah. The, the way you answer our questions, your your point of view on, on specific things, it's refreshing. It's unique. It's Good. It's refreshing, you know. Good. I um, hope, hope it adds a new, new potential to new direction or mm -hmm. new uh, perspective. Sure does. Always yeah. good to do. Yeah, we really can't thank you enough because you know, I mean, we we do talk to a lot of people that are in similar fields as you, yeah. but um, very refreshing, very unique, and uh, it, it's exciting for us to see things like that. Because Good. in our face, 24-7, is everything wrong with the world. So when we come across people like Lisa Erickson, um, wow. Uh, I mean, thank you. It, yeah. it, it means a lot to us that there are professionals out out there like you. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. And bless you. Bless you for that. Bless I'm going to mute now, Tim. Yeah, Lisa, if you want to look up Dan, uh, Daniel Alexa, too, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, he's, yeah, he's that's I know. Time. I know. I know that name. So yeah. I'm going to have to look him up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the real thing is, you know, there's just so much more awareness of these tools there and is. so many people in need of these tools. So I appreciate you guys doing what you can to share them and hopefully people find what they need. Mm -hmm. Right. To connect with right. their light, with their spirit, with their health. Awesome. Well, yeah, there's they're starting to now. They're, I think they're just really Slowly. starting to look up. And say, you know, where's the hope? Where's somebody? Where's the guidance? You know? Yeah. And this this has been delightfully refreshing. Yeah, they're starting good, to recognize good. things that, that are that have always been there. Know, <laughs> because they're looking yeah. for answers now. So Yeah. Yeah. And 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 plus, you know, you've you've done a lot to help two of my favorite people in the world. So I, you Well know. good. Well, thank you for bringing them forth. And for them being willing to uh, share, right, and, and let the, this right. stuff be shared, that's really how we grow. Yeah. You know, when we hear other people's stories, uh, we feel less alone, right? There's probably someone out there, else out there, that's going to relate to these things, and that's what gives them hope. Yeah, and we we appreciate because it. it's not the medical field and it's not the mental health field at this moment. They're trying to make money off of us, and it's, yeah. you know, so. Uh, <laughs> It's nice that you you give refreshing alternatives, and we appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys have a good night. Thanks for having me, and I guess I'll be talking to you again, I'm Tim. Under, yep. soon. All right. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for being here, Lisa. Yeah. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Take care. I'll be finding you on Facebook too. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I have to figure out. Here we go. Boy, Tammy, how about that? Huh? Yep. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Yep. You have a wonderful, wonderful night. Thanks for making ours. <laughs> or another good one, Tim. Got to hand it to you, buddy. Wow. All right. We're out of here. You.
Are we?